Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. But I do, do believe there it will be a next life, and this is training for it. And so I want to grab everything God has for me in the way that he has for it and live out that purpose, and he'll make the next step clear. And so when I made that decision, I went all in, and it didn't get better at first. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Yes, you are. And Todd, uh, yeah. speaking of saying your name, Todd, yeah. have you ever heard this saying, the sky is the limit? Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, usually when you hear that phrase, it's uh, it's trying to get you to expand your thinking, right? And kind of uh, look ahead and maybe help see things uh, a little differently, maybe at a higher level. Yeah, well, true. But what if it's saying the sky is the limit and that's actually keeping you limited? Like, seriously, that, like what if there are no limits? But the sky is the limit. But what if that's just a saying that, <laughs> so that, you're, that you're limiting yourself yeah. by saying the sky is the limit? Ah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Actually, that's a very good setup for today's guest. Oh, because good. We always like to set it up. <laughs> you know what he's known by? What? He's known by No Limits Nate. No limits. I love Nate. that. I do I too. That. All right. Let me give you a little background on, uh, on our guest today, Nate Burkhalter, who is an engineer, an athlete, an adventurer, a mission worker, and all around awesome guy. He's a kingdom mm-hmm. builder too. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. So Nate has traveled to over 35 countries. I thought I've traveled a lot, 35 countries, uh, five different continents, lived abroad as an expat in Africa and in Norway. And uh, I love this because he is literally passionate. Nate. Oh, did it about the, life? Where's the drum roll? Where is that on our thing? Drum roll. We don't have the drum roll thing right now. <laughs> so, I mean, seriously, his love for people, for his family, and his faith in Jesus Christ are the reasons why he lives to make a difference in the world. And so, for example, he's serving uh, in international missions in Haiti and Uganda. Uh, he's working in orphanages uh, wow. and in Cuba and Nicaragua, providing safe drinking water and in the Dominican, helping in the medical clinics. Gosh, awesome. Yes. And then back when Nate was in college, he suffered from a severe burn injury on his legs, which left him in the hospital critical care unit for almost a month. Wow. That injury ended his dream of playing American football, but it deepened his faith in God. Hallelujah. And later it gave him the perseverance to pursue competing as a ninja warrior athlete. And if you could see this guy, you would understand and you can see him if you go to our YouTube, yeah, go to YouTube channel. Watch yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Why Nate is a seven-season American, I want to say American, American Ninja, Ninja Warrior. Warrior. There you go. <laughs> competitor and a three-time national finalist. And we're going to talk about his experience and the challenges he fought through to compete. In yeah, this that and event. lots yeah. of other things that mm. really helped develop him. Yep. So in uh, 2020, Nate became the grand champion of uh, Exitalon. 
I don't, I know I'm not pronouncing that right, <laughs> USA, uh, but it's the world's, listen to this, it's the world's toughest reality TV athletic competition, which lasted, and I, this is really hard to believe, over seven months. What? Yeah. And when do you hear some of the stories, uh, really, <laughs> he's in the Dominican Republic for that long. So he goes by the motto, no limits, Nate, because he believes there truly are no limits to what God can do through a life that is fully submitted to God. Wow. Well, with that, welcome. No limits, Nate, to your biggest breakthrough. Good to have you with us. Hey, hey, hey. Check, check, check. Check, check. It's working. (laughs) All right. You know, I got to tell everybody because I I had a chance to meet Nate um, last September, just a few months ago. And uh, when I first saw him, I thought, man, that guy looks familiar. You know, he looks like he'd be on American Ninja Warrior. And And I had no idea. We had been cheering him on in our living room. Watching him, cheering him on, not knowing who he was. Welcome welcome to the show. So, okay, we have so much to cover, Nate, um, because your life is just a great example of what happens when you take off limits and let God loose in your life. But before we get into how you got that way and how you got to the place of surrendering your life to him, how do you think we actually put limits on ourselves and why do we even do that Mm. from your perspective? Well, you know, first I want to thank you guys, Todd and Wendy. Thank you all for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm excited to be a part of your podcast. And and I I do believe there are parts of my life that has led to breakthrough and, and I want to be part of someone's biggest breakthrough. Thank you all for fostering that, for stewarding it well. And I love the intro, not because I like hearing about myself. I usually kind of groan a bit. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Like, I'm also a screwed up dude that's had plenty of plenty of mess up things in my life, uh, both publicly and privately. But I also want to share all those to, to show where God has been good. He's been faithful. So thank you all for introducing me. My favorite part of that was that whole badoom cha, because I love to I love to play off some of the Nate-isms is what I call them. You know, grabbing a word that's got my name in it. I'm like, oh, cool. I want to use that one. So today oh, I'm wearing. Oh, man, I love that. Illuminate. 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 Oh, illuminate. I love wearing it. Wearing a t-shirt that says and, uh, Illuminate. Oh, and it says Matthew what? Matthew? Matthew 5, 14. So I hope oh, it sets the theme of, of what we're called to do. Let your light shine. Illuminate yes. before others so that God, so that the others may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And mm. man, that's what we're called to do, right? It's Amen. to know God and make him known. And your question, Wendy, was something around, you know, where do we have limitations on our lives that we're, we want to break off of? Yeah. Why do we, why do we put limits on ourselves? Why why do we, well, we get programmed that way, right? We're born into our family unit at first, however functional or dysfunctional. And many of us come from different places. I've got a, a balance. My dad was a preacher. I grew up the oldest of five kids. I had two parents that were, that were good parents. So I'm thankful for that functionality. And at the same time, we, we had some dysfunctionality and some brokenness. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, thank God I even made it to this point, but (laughs) for all the stereotypes that go, go in with the PK preacher's kid, I fulfill most of them. Thank God for his grace that I didn't go too wild and, and wasn't reconcilable, but now we're here. And and I have seen, you know, we, we were raised with certain things that are limitations, what we can't do for my family. We had a lot of lack. And so it was like, well, Hey, we, we can't afford to do that or no, we can't do that or no, you can't do this. And I would always ask why, and I never really got a why. So it's just like, it is what it is because I said so. And I just learned and had it programmed in my mind, mostly in a negative way of, man, there's just this limit. There's a limit here. I'm bumped up against this. And as I progressed through life and wanted to try new things, I would, I would have these limits socially put on me or financially put on me or physically put on me. Or when I was held back in third grade for a lack of academic understanding, then I had the mental component capped on me. So I, I had these labels and these limits placed on my life. And I think we all experience that to some degree. 
And in the time, we're not really conscious of it. We just kind of learn like you got to fit in this certain box. This is how it's going to be. The biggest one for me was I felt God was so limited in my life because my perception of God was so small. All I knew of God was what I knew of my father. And my father was very disciplined. He knew the word. He was a great man of character and integrity, but I had no relationship with him. He he had no father-son dynamic at that time in our life. So I just knew God to be like big, bad, in control, do what he says, or you're going to get the the hammer or the wrath. The belt. I got plenty of the belt. And there's there's no there's no provision. There's no fun per se. And and I'm I'm stereotyping to squeeze it in. But yeah. when I got the revelation of who God really was as a father, and as a good father, you're going to discipline your kids out of their growth, but you're also going to love them. You're going to engage with them. You're going to grow. When I had that limit broken off, the world changed to me, and I realized, man, there's so much more our life can be about. And first it's to know God deeply, authentically, who he is, how to be connected to him through Jesus. And when that shifted in my life, everything else flowed out and, and the limits broke off of so much in my life because I realized, man, if, if God's the one that speaks life and speaks the world into existence, there's power in our words, there's power in our thought. Yes. We have the power to do that because Jesus even came and said, all power and authority I have unto you, go and do likewise as you make disciples. And so we're, we're first called to to know God, and then we make Him known, right? Yeah. With other right. people, yeah. and so that's why I wear this as as that reminder. Love that. Illuminate. Illuminate. I love that. I'm not doing things to earn favor, earn my way with God. I'm doing things out of the abundance of who God has made mm. me to be, Amen. and the excitement to share that with others. And that's the passion that I, so I carry for life. Well, I know that there are listeners, um, Nate, that may currently feel the way you used to feel about mm. about. Our, our heavenly father and having that limitation of who he is and, and how close he can be in our life. So when was that uh, ceiling broken, so to speak? Yeah, like, how, did when, that happen? how did that happen? Because mm. people are like, I want that. I want yeah. that to yeah. happen. That's a good question. Obviously, all of us have different journeys, right? I was raised in a very legalistic Southern Baptist theology, no dancing, no drinking, nothing that is Footloose. unoriented. Yeah, footloose. That's a great way to do it. And we were in Louisiana. So I was in the middle of South Louisiana with all these Catholics who, to my Catholic friends out there, shout out to y'all. Y'all are fun and crazy. Um, (laughs) And they're like partying it up at 15 year old, you know, but we were in the middle of that and we were the small minority and more of a Protestant upbringing. And all I knew is a lot of what you can't do. And I didn't see a lot of examples of, of success or like living a life of bigger purpose or of impact or excitement and fulfillment. So as I, as I progressed through that upbringing, went off to college, I was like, man, I, I don't want to really be around this religious environment anymore. I, I see depth and character in my father and my mother, but I didn't see it anywhere else. And also didn't see a lot of fruit and breakthrough in people's lives. I was like, I'm done with all this religious stuff. It just, it's, it's real. I'll apply some facts and some knowledge and moral wisdom, but I've got to figure out life on my own terms. I got to make things happen on my own terms. I got to provide for myself on my own terms. So I went off to do that pursued the path of an engineer, pursued the path of becoming a college athlete to play football. And long story short, as I got to Houston, Texas in 2010, graduated, had a, a great job that was was pretty cool how I got to that situation. And I found some success. And I also started realizing it's not fulfilling. I'm, I'm finding financial success. I've now matured and have a lot of confidence. And, and I'm starting to recognize I'm an attractive guy that, that has some vibrancy to myself. But it's it's very me-focused. And I don't have peace about what I'm doing. And I would look at the trajectories of other people's lives and go, and that dude's on a crash course to failure in his marriage. And she is, she's jumping from relationship to relationship for the wrong reason. And I, I could see and discern these things. And I was realizing I'm on the same path. And if I keep going down that path, 
I'm going to end up the same way. God, are you, are you real? I had an early life crisis is really what happened. And I'm Good for like, you. all right, God, <laughs> Honestly, I can observe where I'm heading. I see the trajectory of my life mapped out and it's not where I think is going to end in some version of lasting success. It might mean, might mean I make some money or I do something in the world, but there's got to be more. So the cry of my heart was, God, there has to be more. And I'm sure many of those listening or watching, they've had that question before of like, is this, is this all there is to life, Lord? Is this all I get? And I think God has placed, I mean, even says scripturally, he's placed eternity in our hearts. Like we know that there's more, there's bigger. And this life is like a training ground. And I don't want, I'm almost a Christian hedonist in the way of, I want to experience everything God has for us. I don't want to grab something that's not for me. I don't want to pursue some worldly version of success. At the same time, God, whatever you have for me to do, I want to do it with all of my heart. Deuteronomy 429 was the verse that stuck out to me. And it, and it says, if you pursue me, God's telling his people, if you pursue me with all of your heart, that's where you'll find me. And I realized, and I hope that this speaks to someone, I had half-heartedly kind of dabbled in pursuing God and having a relationship with Jesus and like doing the religious things that I was told to do, but I never went wholehearted in it. Mm-hmm. I was always passive. In the whole Christianese term, I was lukewarm. But for those that don't even know some of that terminology, and I was just, I did my religious duty, but it, my heart wasn't in it. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out having a relationship in the worldly standard of that. And I'm out pursuing a career path in my way of having success. And I'm not seeking God's kingdom first. And I'm not seeking his way first. And I'm also trying to put God, sprinkle God in there. Like, oh yeah, I went to church and mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I gave some money for this. So God's going to bless this. Well, he wasn't. And he wasn't blessing it because he didn't love me. But because of his love, he was holding back a, a path that would lead me to more destruction. So when I got this revelation of if I give everything to God, that could be the catalyst of the change. And I did that in complete faith at the time being about 27 years old. I was like, all right, God, if, if I'm going to lay my life to you, I've, I've developed some level of success here and, and status. And like, I know what freaking happens when you get, when people have their Jesus moment, they have to give it all away and they move to Africa in a mud hut and they <laughs> sit out there and they're, they're miserable, but they're doing what God calls them to do. And that was all I had in my mind. If I really gave my life to Jesus, I'm like, oh, this is, and is, is following Jesus, like having a relationship with God, just called to be miserable. And you do this boring thing that you don't want to do out of service. I was like, you know what, God, even if that's it, I'll give my life to you. Cause I, I can't do this anymore on my way. Cause I see where my way is going. I can look at other people and see how it ends in, it ends in failure. Like, all right, I'll do something different. And so I, I began praying that prayer for a month or whatever it looks like. I'll give you my life fully. And he was faithful just week after week, some random person would come in my life. I'd get a prophecy. I started seeing more of the supernatural. I, I watched and experienced a, a deliverance, a demonic deliverance. And I was like, whoa, the supernatural is real. This is happening. God speaks to us. And then I had a, a significant moment. Someone offered to pray for me in a worship session. And I just felt God's presence hit me in a way that I've never experienced up to that point in my life. And I'm weeping, I'm crying. And, and I call it the moment where I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was a, a singular moment, but really it was years of leading up to that point. And so for everyone who, who doesn't know where they are fully in their journey to finding Jesus and knowing exactly who God is, I would say stay hungry. Never be complacent with where you are and go, well, this is what it is. I think God puts those desires for us to go deeper in our heart, just like sure. the, the eternity is written on our hearts. Like there's so much more out there. We don't have to know what's going to happen in the next life. But I do, do believe there it will be a next life, and this is training for it. And so mm, I want to yeah. grab everything God has for me in the way that he has for it and live out that purpose, and he'll make mm-hmm. the next step clear. 
And so when I made that decision, I went all in and it, and it didn't get better at first, but then in hindsight, it became a, an, an incredible transformation of where my life has gone. You know what I love mostly, Nate, about that story is it's it seems real obvious that God is the Nate. one. Yeah, <laughs> but it seems like, like God is the one who put the desire in your heart yeah, to seek Him. That's good. He gave you the foundation, but you stayed hungry because He released His grace to you to stay mm-hmm. hungry. And what I love mm-hmm. about when you made the decision to surrender, you really did not know what that meant as far as the future. And the very fact that you were having things go through your head, like, what if he calls me to Africa and I got to live in a mud hut or something? (laughs) And you just didn't know. Still, you said yes to me, again, is evidence of two things. One, God's incredible grace. And two, your recognition that he is who he says he is. And you were willing to trust him no matter what. So I want to just go back a little bit because a lot of people think, well, I mean, that, that sounds pretty awesome and that's great, but this wasn't this guy kind of wired, you know, for the, the, the whole no limits lifestyle, but based on what you shared <laughs> about your childhood, um, it doesn't sound that way. So I think that offers a lot of hope for people. You don't have to be wired to be like the no limits guy, but you got yourself there with God's help. So take mm-hmm. us along that journey a little bit, especially when it, when you were faced with such adversity in college and uh, the whole burn accident and how God used that in your life. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a good transition. I wasn't always like this. Yes, I was. I had this passion in my heart and a desire to, to do something and, and live something that felt exciting, but all I knew was limit of how you can't do that. And so I fit into every box. I was quiet. I was terrified to speak in public. That's one thing I said I'll never do. Real quick, do you think it, it was self-sabotage on many levels just because of what was modeled at home that that's just, you know? It's know. hard for me to fully diagnose, but I mean, there were times yeah. growing up I was bullied. I had an older cousin that was mm. a foot and a half taller than me and a hundred pounds heavier than me. I got a lot of aggressive bullying that suppressed me a bit. We moved every three years. Mm. So I was in mm-hmm. a new friend environment and didn't quite sure. fit in. We were poor. So I obviously stuck out like, dude, you've had those pair of shoes for two years. Your, your toes busting out of it. Mm. Like I, I, and I was observant. So I was, it was very clear to me where I lacked in everything oh. in so many elements. And so it just, I didn't really blossom. And I was also a really small, skinny kid. I mean, even by the time I got to my senior year of high school, I was 125 pounds and I'm six foot tall. Um, so entering high school, I was really small, 115 pounds. So I say all those things to say, I didn't come up with this level of confidence of, of experiencing life in abundance and having people speak life into me and encourage me forward. Like I was always kind of the small, the shy, the quiet in my environment. Now at home, I was the oldest of five kids. So i I was a little bit more of the, the one who ran the show of sorts. And that probably gave me elements of confidence. But God was faithful through the, the seasons to also put me in little eclectic environments where I got a chance to, to spread my wings or thrive. And even though from a young age at 14, I was working on a farm, shoveling cow poop, and painting barns and moving tractors, did that for years, like just in isolation. And it was miserable. But I also look at, in, in hindsight and see, man, God was faithful to bring Joseph through many trials and in journeys of humility and isolation. And he stayed faithful through that. And, and that always kind of resonated with me when I was in isolation, just like, all right, stay faithful and God will put you in the place you need to be. And leading up to college, you know, there's, there's a story of me finally pursuing a bit of a dream I had, which was to play football. And I didn't play in high school because I was too small. And I, I was scared that if I did try out for the team, one, I wouldn't make it, but two, if I did make it, I'd be placed on like JV or, you know, an eighth grade team. And I was, I was already a year older than my peer group. So I went into 
to high school in 10th grade because we homeschooled seventh through ninth. In 10th grade, we had to take tests to see where we'd get credits for what I did in, in homeschool. And I didn't get any credit for anything because we didn't do very well in homeschool, <laughs> didn't have any resources. So I was immediately 17 years old and I was placed in ninth grade. I looked like I was 13. I wanted to have the status of a 10th or 11th grader, but I was already put in ninth grade. And that was humiliating for me in certain ways, not knowing anyone, wanting to try to play football, too afraid of the failure or where I would be placed if, it, if I did get on the team. So I didn't even go for it. And that was a regret I had. As I moved into college, I started hitting the weights pretty hard, ate a lot more food because we had a meal plan. And I bulked up to 190 pounds within a year. Wow. And, and I found out, I'd always kind of seen it, but never had the chance, but I found out I was pretty athletic. And really athleticism is also a skill that you develop. Yes, more people are naturally more athletic than others, but mine came much later in life and I just began developing it and then started playing a lot of flag football and then developed a relationship with some people on the team at Louisiana Tech University and started training with them. And suddenly some of the wide receivers are like, dude, you're just as good as we are. And I started proving that on some flag football tournaments that I got into. And I was like, they're like, hey, you can make the team. So I had a buddy who was a quarterback. He started training me. Long story short, I'm on the process of walking out, walking on the team. And I'm, I'm mostly believing in myself. I gave it like 85% effort. And I was also still scared. Like, what if I don't make it? What if I get rejected? I don't know if I'm going to give everything. I'm working two jobs. I'm doing engineering. Uh, and I was, I was indecisive a bit. And then I had my knees taken out from under me when I'm walking across the campus. And all of a sudden, I step across the ground in a spot I've walked in a hundred times and like a pie crust on a chicken pot pie, it just, it split open. And I sink in thigh deep into boiling water and steam that erupts. No way. And I find out later as I slip into this thing, I immediately like catch my hands behind me and push myself back out on what was thankfully still a firm ridge on the outside of this hole. And I push myself out and I look and my skin just starts melting off, like just coming off oh and I'm like, goodness. what? And I'm in shock. And then the pain hits me and it's like a thousand hornets stinging me. And I can't really process what's going on. Steam's boiling up. Turned out it was a ruptured steam pipe that served all the dormitories to bring them heat in the winter. And we we're in the early spring. So they were still active and it must've broken days or months before and just begin eroding boiling water out. Mm. So that led me down a, a path of being in the ICU for almost a month, being in a wheelchair for some time after that. Um, a lot of slow recovery and painful process on my legs. And it took away, I lost like 25 pounds. Uh, eventually what was, was the degree of burn? It was second degree on all of my legs and third degree around all of my ankles because oh. of my shoes that trapped more of that water. Oh. And it, and what happens when you get a burn like that, it, it shrink wraps all of your myofascia tissue around your muscles. And so my legs were just, they were locked. I couldn't, they would come in and like force my knee to bend and I would scream and they'd barely get it to bend and then go back. So it took a lot of physical therapy just to like get me to be able to move again. And, and that hurt me for years as far as athletic ability. But that was a moment where it took away kind of my dream of playing football, even though I hadn't given it a hundred percent in that journey. And then fast forwarding and, and maybe y'all can guide this conversation. It still taught me, Hey, God's going to be here with me. And I didn't have much of a relationship with God, but I just saw his hand in this. And I saw a guy in the room next to me with a, a big wall. He passed away a few days later. He had a severe burn over his whole body. Mm. And I was in the woe is me mentality at first. And then I saw one guy die from his burn injuries. Another lady have disfigured face for still the rest of her life. I saw so much worse than me. I almost felt like I got slapped in the face with the reality of like, dude, I'm over here crying about myself and my own pain and, and how this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. And I'm realizing there is so much to be thankful for right now and how I even feel protected that 
I should have, I found out later that hole that I sank into is eight feet deep. I should have gone eight feet down and I would have swam out of it and I would have come out with full third degree burns over my whole body. And they said, statistically, you would have been dead within a few days. You can't survive that. So I had a lot to be thankful for. Like God in his providence, like that was a a hand of God protecting me for something. Yeah. Yeah, Most definitely switching something on in my mind. Yeah. I was just going to say, because I think so, so many of us get stuck in our misery, whatever is causing that that misery, right. In that circumstance. And there is something so beneficial, therapeutic and healing about starting to actually give thanks in your situation, yes, yes. especially when you compare it to how much worse it could be. And mm. my mother was a champion at that. She raised Amen. us all that way. Amen. And, uh, and one of my, uh, one of my daughters, when she was a little girl, she would play the glad game and we'd start complaining about something. You say, yeah, like let's say it was raining. We wanted a picnic or something. Yeah. But, but aren't you glad um, there's not a tornado? But it seems to me game. I'm writing that down right now. That's good. The glad game. But aren't you glad that? And then you fill in the blank with something worse. Uh, So, so here you are now. You're recovering from these burn injuries. You're you're giving God thanks. You're starting to kick back in again to the reality of of God's provision for you and His sovereignty over your life. Um, What happened once you passed through that? You realized the dream for football was over. You're moving into graduation now, and you're looking ahead. Uh, what what were you thinking about where God was going to take you, and how did He use that adversity to begin to spark your faith and strengthen you? Yeah, that's good. The one of the biggest lessons I took out of that moment and that time and season was don't be a victim, because there's always a situation in any of our lives. I think we'll get the opportunity to be a victim, to feel like this isn't fair. This is what life has handed to me. Now I just have to sit back and take it and then hope for the best thing that's going to come from that. I felt God impress on me. And now in hindsight, I can see that was God impressing that. Don't be a victim here. So keep working, moving forward, trusting, persevering. And so it, it really deepened a level of perseverance in me. And I was pursuing in that time in the hospital, trying to get out so I could finish my finals so that I could go get this internship that I'd already been accepted to. I knew that was a path forward. I fought for that. I had a goal in mind to and be an I kept engineer, going. Right? Correct. Even yeah. though that wasn't my passion, it also, it was the next best step for me. And it was the wisest next step. So I, I followed through with that and I could see God's themes of just training me to, to use the adversity that came against me as an activator. And so mm-hmm. I saw it time and time again with school situations and in athletics and injuries, let this be an activation. This is the thing that you're fighting against. Uh, Ron Carpenter has a book that says the necessity of an enemy. And biblically speaking, many of the great heroes and hero heroines of the Bible had some kind of enemy rise up where they were called and tasked by God to like do something about it. And most yeah. of them are like, well, I'm, I'm, no, man, I'm not ready for this. And, and God's not like, David. strong and courageous. Come on. Yeah. yeah, You're right. Not David. So <laughs> moving into Houston, I'm, I'm taking this mentality on. I'm, I'm taking more risk, but I'm still, I'm still playing it safe, if I'm being honest, mm. even within the realm of my my bigger personality. I'm coming more alive. And that's when I got to the the breaking point of like, all right, God, I'm still capped by so many things. Where are you in all this? Are you real? If you are, I'm going all in. If you're not, I'm doing everything in the world that people tell me I shouldn't do. Like, I'm going to try some real crazy stuff. I'll leave out the details. <laughs> and um, I'm tired but of that like, could really uh, boost the rankings. Leave, <laughs> no, no, leave the details out. I've, I've dabbled in the party lifestyle, but what if I go full sin and so I, I was weighing that balance and I made the decision. Thank God he, yes. he, he guided me in that way. And 
and he put the right people in my life. So I go full sin for Jesus, not knowing when y'all were recapping me making that decision earlier, I, I started crying. Like, I'm like, God, thank you mm. that, that you were faithful to draw me to you because who knows where my life would be, especially with the kind of passion that I've carried. Like if I, if that's channeled in the wrong direction, I'd wreck my life and many other people who knows how bad that could be. And I'm like, thank God for your grace there. And I didn't know where it was going to go. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. I'm going to go be stuck in Africa in some boring place. All right. So let me tell you how God redeemed that. I went for a year and a half in the wilderness, small house church out in West Houston with a bunch of old people and kids. And that's where God brought me next. And it was like, this sucks. It was, it was a spiritual father that was, was disciplined. And it was, I was 27. I'm single. Yeah. I've been wanting to be married for years and there's no women out there, but Much older ladies people. that are married and these kids. And I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. God. I went but weren't, big- weren't you, weren't you, you weren't mature enough yet or experienced enough to realize that adversity is an activator. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I didn't see it there, but God took me <laughs> to a boot camp, a spiritual boot camp with that pastor. And I had one friend that joined me in it, and all my other friends wouldn't go. They're like, we, we were at a big mega church back in Houston where it was just cush. You can just chill. You'd show up, you leave, you go do the thing, you go party Friday night, go do your thing, and then show up and cool, I went to church. Yeah. One of my friends would come with me like, you're crazy, dude. What are you doing on that path a year and a half into that? Like, that's when I felt God kind of begin saying, all right, I've got something else for you. Those moments were when my trajectory changed. Like all of a sudden Ninja Warrior found me. I'd never heard of it before. I had been feeling called of like, Hey, you still have athleticism and you keep using it. You know, scripturally we're, we're called to be good stewards of whatever we have and our finances and our relationships and our body, our body is a temple of the Holy spirit. Like I believe deeply in taking care of our body, my body, our finances, our relationships, of course, our relationship with God, most important, but I, I felt God continued to convict me in those places and also forgive my father for a lot of the bitterness I had of, of ways that it felt like he didn't show up. Like God would just bring up people or, or Hey, Nate, call that, that girlfriend you had back in college that you were very unintentional with, or you left hanging or, or you weren't pursuing the right level of purity with her go call her and apologize for not being the man of God that she deserved. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, and I I would, I would do it. And God would just flush these things out of me. And I came out of that 18 month period. I mean, totally stripped of, of, um, a lust problem I had. I'd struggled with porn in college and struggled with lust. That was like my, my outlet porn wise of like, okay, I'm not going to go out and have sex with everybody, but I'll, this is an alternative that's better. Right. And it was a broken mentality. I, I want to put a pin in that for just a moment, Nate, because mm-hmm. that is um, a big issue that's going on right now. And so I know this is kind of getting off topic just a moment, but can you touch on that? Because that deliverance is needed in this area. And so um, what would be your um, first maybe idea of steps that someone could take? Maybe if their child is dealing with it or they themselves are stuck in it, what would be that one thing you would tell them to help them break free? Well, I, I might counter with there's probably no magic formula or one magic peel, but one of the most powerful pieces is first breaking off what we know to be shame. So the enemy wants to condemn and, and cast shame. And for those yes. of us as believers, we'll struggle in any area of sin where the enemy's gotten in our life or gotten a foothold. For me, someone showed me a, a, a Playboy magazine in fifth grade out on the playground, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Now, where are we now compared to where I was at that age before the Internet? I mean, what's hitting yeah. our kids both right. strategically and just happenstance is on a massively higher level. And my parents didn't have the understanding to have a conversation with me until I was like 
16 and they're, they're giving me the sex talk. I'm like, dude, I, I could tell you all about sex. What do you want to know? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say that, right. but that's right. just the level of experience I had, not, mm. not physical experience, but like what I'd seen to that point. Yeah. So one, the enemy held me in shame in an incredibly deep ways. Cause I knew I felt in my spirit that I, I shouldn't be looking at this. This is wrong. I also had curiosity. I'm a young man with a sex drive and like, sure. man, I can't wait to get married. This looks cool. Um, but because of the shame, I would never tell anyone. And I knew what was, what was right at church. So I, I didn't talk about this. I didn't have the framework. So for those of you out there that struggle with this or have someone, you know, that's struggling with it, be it a, a peer or a friend or a child, I think the most important is breaking off some level of shame and stigma around it. And so for mm -hmm. me, it came in college when I got tricked into going to like a little bonfire hangout and some friends invited me to go grab a few beers and kick it around the campfire. I show up there and this goofy old guy who's like my age now, he's got some root beers. He's like, here you guys go. And I'm like, oh man. And so we get sit, stuck sitting around a fire. What, what be, kind of became a Bible study. And the dude's like, hey, so let's share about some things going on in our life. And I'm like, no way. I'm going to tell you about what's really going on in my life. Like how I'm struggling with lust and porn. Some dude says, oh yeah, homeschool. I mean, school is hard. We're in college is hard. And I'm like, yeah, cool. He's, he's faking it. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. They go to the next guy and, and that guy shares like, man, I've really been wrestling with porn and I'm trying to be pure with me and my girlfriend, but, but like my, my lust struggle, it's like, it's hurting me. I need prayer. My jaw drops. I'm like, did this, did this dude just say that? Are they going to throw him in the fire? Like what's going to happen? And the leader and the other guys are like, okay, man, we get it. Let's pray for him. All good. Thank you for sharing. And it blew my mind. Like that's how you can respond to these situations and invite God into it instead yes. of being like, you're going to hell. Yes. And okay. I'm so glad I asked that question, Nate, because, I, I, and, and I know I want you to answer the question that we originally asked, but I had to touch on that because it is an epidemic right now. And I know oh, that absolutely. so many people are concerned absolutely. and praying in this space. So yes. thank you for sharing that to break off the shame and to just love someone and just be authentic yeah, and be like, invite them yeah. in and in, well, be like, in, okay, I'm so God sorry. It, yeah. And, yeah. and I'll pray for you and then move on. Not, yeah. not too so too good. Th that is I mean, it's, it's radically important. That's one of the things mm -hmm. I now speak on. And I oh. also, one of the reasons I left my corporate job, because as mm -hmm. I had begun sharing on that, I would get some feedback from managers like, Hey, you can't be out in public talking about this stuff. Huh. I'm like, why not? This is like the epidemic that's destroying marriages and families yeah. and futures. And, and that that's was good. a catalyst for me in that moment of confessing for the first time. Like uh, I, I, all I could come up with was like, uh, me, me, me too. Uh, and they're like, thanks, man. Let me pray for you. And that began a journey of breaking off the shame and so cool. then me getting more and more conviction of like, if I'm looking at certain things on TV, if I'm listening to certain types of music, if I'm watching movies, I'm being programmed. Yeah. We don't realize if you've watched the matrix before, like not to get too conspiracy theory, but like we are being programmed by what we see and what we hear in the yeah. environments we're in. So that advice to those people out there is you have to protect your environment radically. We understand what we put in our bodies, like the nutrition we take in or the junk food is going to affect us in all levels, the same with what we see and what we hear. And when I got the conviction, when I gave my life to Jesus, I felt deeply convicted of like, I have not protected my environment. I'll listen to anything. I'll go anywhere. Oh, it's okay. That movie showed some nudity. Da, 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 no big deal. It was all impacting my mind and my spirit. And when I got radical on that, just like when my Ninja Warrior journey began and I got radical on diet and exercise mm -hmm. as a symptom, wow, like suddenly I had abs and I was like really strong. And I'm, I'm looking lean and feeling great. That wasn't my pursuit, but it was a really cool symptom or mm. byproduct. And the same when we were pursuing God in Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, 
which means his way of doing things. It's a priority system. When you put the right things in place, everything else will fall in place. And, and God calls us to be pure, not yes. because he wants to be judgmental towards us because we make a mistake, but because he knows that those, those sins are going to destroy our life and prevent us from something even better that he has for us. And so trust, when I trust that God had a better way, and this is still speaking to the porn issue, and I begin to actually trust that God had a better way that marriage and his way of doing it will be better than the world can offer. It shifted me going, oh, I've got to get my little bits of like satisfaction or goodness here, whatever it is. You can, you can equate it to porn and lust. You can equate it to drugs. You can equate it to certain relationships or a certain status. We'll all seek out our version of like significance or coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. If we don't trust that God has what's best for us. And so when I trusted, I was willing to throw it all out of the window and then God used it to refine me. Like you have to be disciplined. You have to put yourself in accountability spots. It's the same with exercise. When you do that, God can rewire your brain. And, and now it's, it's, I come from a place of like deep conviction, but also confidence. Like That's I haven't so looked good. at porn since 2015, 2014. I haven't had sex since 2012. And because I walked away from an old lifestyle and, yeah. and like God renew my mind and I don't miss it. I'm like, right. cool. God is preparing me for an incredible future and an incredible a wife. marriage. Yeah. No, Nate, wife. thank you. I'm sorry I had to deviate, but that, no, that no, was so no, important. No, I didn't know you were that passionate about it, but this is good. That was a Holy Spirit led yeah. question. Well, Maybe and we I can, think so. we can put some promptings or some links that I have for resources yeah, there. For yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. We'll follow up with that. Yeah. Because there is such a resolve inside of you that is born out of your experience. That's extremely encouraging for others who might feel stuck right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, again, it it just sort of underscores the the, the ways in which God has been at work in your life mm-hmm. through all kinds of opportunities and adversities, temptations and challenges. And it's it's cool to see how you just stuck with that that same decision that you continue to repeat over and over again. And and that is, have I truly let go and let God fully in? Have mm-hmm. I surrendered? And am I all his? And it seems to me that you keep yeah. sort of reinforcing that in your life when you do some of these athletic adventures as well, because yes. there's something about having to train yourself, for example, for being an American Ninja Warrior. Right, which they found that, you. So let, that's where we yeah. dropped off before. But it I... leads you to a place yeah. of, of, of almost being more able to make decisions and stick with it, mm. because yeah. the decisions we make sometimes for those kinds of things you're talking about are really hard to stick with. That's good. So That's good. Yeah, talk about how, how did American Ninja Warrior come to you and how did God use that experience? That's so good. All right. That's the key piece to stick with it when we make a commitment. And then when things don't work out how we thought they would, when, when Ninja Warrior came to me, now the show didn't come invite me. A friend sent me a text message saying, dude, watch this YouTube video. I think this could be your next thing. I watched the video. It's American Ninja Warrior. It's like, and we're back to American Ninja (laughs) Warrior. (laughs) Just like you guys kicked off the intro. I love that. And Matt Eisman introduces a a competitor from Houston who is an immigrant from Cambodia that that fled like a communist takeover and a lot of oppression. And he he competes on the show. He overcomes an injury while he was competing and still finished. And I got inspired Mm. big time. But I also like something in me leapt in my spirit. And I, I feel like now in hindsight, that was God saying, Hey, this is the next step I have for you. And I made a decision right there. Like I am all in, I'm getting on that thing. I never even cared about being on TV. I was like, I'm going after that, that challenge. I'm doing it. I think I made like a Facebook post and said it, I'm going to get on American Ninja Warrior. And I would never make some (laughs) kind of declaration like that. I'm the opposite. Like I'll, if I'm going to do something, I'll work on it and I'll finish it. And then I'll tell you about it. Oh, I know somebody else like that. I won't go, (laughs) I won't talk trash beforehand, but I was like, I'm all in. Uh, and then that got tested and it got tested and it got tested. Mm. 
man. So I applied the first year after training for nine months, got rejected. They didn't accept me. Trained another year. A year later, I applied again. They call me. They're like, hey, we saw in your application, your brother is thinking about doing this with you. Is he still going for it? I was like, yeah, he's still going for it. They're like, cool. We're going to pick him instead of you. No way. They hang up the phone on me. I had to learn. I had to learn to celebrate other people's successes and victories, even when it was the exact thing I wanted. Mm. Shout out to all my single friends out there that watch their friends get married. Like, (laughs) hey, celebrate other people and their victories. And so that was a reminder for me. Mm. Third year, I'm training. I'm still going at it. And, And in those past two years, I'd also gone through this walk on process. I'd taken off weeks of vacation, all my vacation at the time, and like tried to walk on kind of like college sports. Mm-hmm. I won't describe how it works out, but you basically have the chance to get on as a glorified tester. So I, I was doing everything I could to make it work when the first option didn't work out. And when the second option didn't work out, I'd show up as a tester for the course in the finals and I'd volunteer. I'd pay money to be out there and I'd help the producers. And eventually I proved myself in the, the back end by the third year. I'm living in Africa as an expat working on an engineering project. I make my application. I shifted my, my way that I made my application to talk more about my life instead of just being athletic. And I shared about my faith. I shared about doing some mission work overseas. I, I gave an actual personality because before it was like, hi, I'm Nate. I do pull-ups. I can do this show. <laughs> I'm and amazing. I, I, was, I finally felt peace. I got some promptings from some friends at church like, bro, you're not showing your personality. You're not talking about your life. And I'm like, no, you can't do that as a Christian. Because now you're bragging. You know, the, the scripture says, don't let your left hand see what your right hand's doing. I can't talk about anything in my life because it's going to look like I'm bragging. And they're like, no, 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 no. Have you heard the scripture called Matthew 5, 14? Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And I was like, yeah, I've heard of that one. Like, are you doing these things for those reasons? Like, what, what are you doing these for? I was like, I'm doing them because I swear for God called me. And they're like, okay, then share that. That's I did. Good. I got on. And and then because of my years of preparation, I needed more than I thought I did. That show is actually hard. When I watched it on TV, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this." I said it in my mind. Oh, it's so much harder in real life. <laughs> it looks hard. And it the does. circumstance, it's from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. So or 4 a.m. in the morning. Oh my! So you word. may compete at 4 a.m. in the morning as an athlete. All right. So got on. Finally did well. Got on TV. Then made it to the national finals. Broke my my ankle the night before. Ah. Oh. Taken out that year. Next oh. year, make it back to the regular show, miss the national finals by one spot. Next year, oh. make it back to the regular round, miss the national finals by one spot. So it's just like year five now of wow. getting to the national finals or almost missing out. And then an injury takes me out. So then I broke my ankle that fifth year. Um, sixth year, I'm like, well, God, what am I doing? Like, I still feel like I haven't achieved what I set out to do. And I felt you call me to this, but it's not working out. It, uh, the applications, the, the success is not showing up. Am I wasting my time here? And I didn't feel peace to walk away. And I also said, hey, I committed to a certain thing and I'm going to keep seeing it through Mm. until they don't invite me back or God tells me to go do something else. Well, it it drove you that the very fact that you made that decision and you say, I'm committed to it until I can't do it because I'm, you know, stopped from doing it. Most people would quit at rejection. That speaks to all of us, no matter what it is that Mm -hmm. you're facing. If you've Mm -hmm. made the decision and if you'll stick with the commitment, then just keep going until you are stopped by something that is outside your control. That's good. All right. So you kept going. That's a great way to remind people that are listening. There's going to be adversity. Mm -hmm. And the difference of me pursuing this American Ninja Warrior path versus where I was in college with football, where I was like, 70, 80, 90% in, I gave up when it got hard, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And when I thought there was a chance that I would fail, 
And the change was when I got to Ninja Warrior, I still had those same opportunities of even bigger public failure and rejection. I'd already made it known to my my peer group. But now if I got on TV, I'm going to make a big failure on TV, potentially. The difference was, okay, if I'm following Jesus and I'm submitted to him and I have this relationship with God, my success or my failure is no longer to find me. I'm not identified by how well I can do in the world or how poorly I do in the world. I'm identified. I mean, I'm successful in God's eyes when I'm giving it full effort, when I step out in faith, when I follow the prompting he's given me. And so I switched that mentality and I was like, you know what, whatever the failure is, I'm willing to do it. And I went out for it. And that now we're at year finishing up year five, going into year six. And I have had, I've hit one buzzer. You know, if you watch the show, someone made it through and I hit one buzzer and that was in year three after a lot of work. And then nothing else has come of this. And I'm on the verge of quitting my job because I'd felt for years, I'm supposed to step away from this security piece that I've developed as an engineer and begin speaking and, and communicating to people. Although I was still terrified to do that, but got to give me opportunities. And I would step into it even in front of 10, 12 year olds, you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was faithful with it though. And, I believe and then that. year six comes and I get accepted again. And long story short, I quit my job in parallel to this. Now you can win a million dollars if you win American Ninja Warrior. Right. But I, I didn't quit my job in thinking like, oh, now God's going to reward me and I'm going to win the show. Like, I felt called out, but I left it, got on Ninja Warrior again, did well enough to make it back to the national finals. And then instead of breaking my ankle the night before, I beat the first round. And then I get this crazy food poisoning that hits me and I'm puking my guts up and I have diarrhea Unreal. for 12 hours. And we have to do the next round. It was like 12 hours later. So like, I am miserable. I've lost like 12, 13 pounds. I can't even stand up. And they're like, hey, you're going to obviously you can't do this now for medical reasons and everything else. We're not going to let you compete, but not that you would want to. And I was like, I'm still competing. I'm not giving up. Really? Like, like, that, like Batman. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. This, this beating that round was my goal seven years before when I saw the show. And I was like, and it's taken me six years to get to this point. No freaking way am I about to not give everything I've got. Now, if I trip off the starting line and fall in the water, okay, at least I got up and yeah. I felt like I gave it all I've got. That's a word for somebody in their marriage. Like oh, you better hold on to that commitment you made. You don't know what is on the other side of that breakthrough. But if you give up because it got hard, you're going to miss the reward God has for you. Cause the enemy is always throwing lies and deceit and what you don't have and lack. And I'm seeing other people be successful or I'm like, maybe I should give up in this thing. I felt God say, don't give up in this. And so I went for it and y'all we'll put, we should put the link into it. I go for this next round when oh, I, yeah. I can barely stand up. And it becomes like the run of the year. Yeah. And I felt like God was carrying me. It was like angels out there. You were the That's first, beautiful. you were the first one to finish that round, weren't you in the yeah. finals? Yeah. Uh, we have so, to, we're going to, we're going to yeah, put, we that, we'll in put the, that in yeah. the show notes. Cause that's uh, that's an awesome. So we'll, we'll put those runs in there the first round and the second round when I was competing sick. All right. So wrapping that up, I'm, I make it through spoiler alert and it was, it was crazy, but then I fail the final round where you get the chance for the million dollars and it's all over. And I'm, I'm like, God, what am I doing next in my life? I don't, I don't know. I'm know. not going to be don't have a public job. enough to don't have a job. I'm not going to be like big enough now to go out and do something from this. Like it's hard to get on Ninja Warrior, but at the same time, unless you win it, you're not getting opportunities that come from that. No one's going to endorse you. So like nothing's going to come from this. I might go speak at a youth group one time. And out of nowhere, I get a phone call a few months later inviting me to this TV show called Exathlon, Latin America. It's Survivor meets Ninja Warrior. Put them together. Wow. Totally isolated. No cell phone, no TV, no internet. Sleeping Amazing. in a shack in the woods on a yoga mat with no air conditioning and no pillow. Hey, and God prepared you when you were with those old people and those kids <laughs> for a year and a half. Right. <laughs> That's right. Everything that happened on that show, God had prepared me through injury, through 
character development, through seeing the right thing, through choosing joy in all circumstance. And I I know we're wrapping up here, but the things I experienced on that show, God was so faithful to prepare me. And my seven year year Ninja Warrior journey all prepared me for those moments. And I saw God bring miracle after miracle, despite breaking my ankle on that show, despite partially tearing my Achilles, despite what I thought was a broken neck and being paralyzed all over seven months. I came back from that one, two SUVs through some divine intervention and then had some other big prizes. And then I ended up walking away. One of 33 competitors. I was the last one standing. I got a big prize and a big trophy. I don't have my trophy here with me, but it was incredible what God did. Mm. And that's why I, I continue to say there's no limit to what God can and will do through a life that's fully submitted to him. That's, that's the important part. We have to be submitted before any kind of success or significant comes. And the other piece is I remind myself, there's no limit to what God can do through your life if you're not seeking the credit. You know, I, I have now I have now been more public and people have seen some of my public, quote unquote, successes. But that doesn't mean I'm more successful than someone who is completely unseen because God measures success in such a different way than we in the world do. And I, I do believe God's now I can see in hindsight, like God's put me in places to be visible and I want to steward that well, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. You know, there's, there's a lot more pressure or, or frustrations that come with that side of things, but I'm, I'm so grateful for what God has done to train and develop me. And I'll remind everyone listening who may feel like, man, I'm in this hidden season. God, God's called me to do something great, but it's not working out or I don't know what's going on. I got to make it happen. And I would remind you, God still sees you and he's preparing you for you, for your benefit, right? Because yes. if you get promoted too quickly, if you cheat your way there, if you promote yourself too fast, you're going to see yourself get into a place where you're not equipped to be. And it's going to become a bigger failure or embarrassment. And, mm-hmm. and I can say that looking back in my life, there were times I climbed up the ladder too fast and I was like, I shouldn't be here. And now it's just going to end ugly. And it, it well, did for Ninja well, Warrior. God had the bigger game plan in mind for you. He had the bigger yeah. uh, competition. Yeah. And speaking of that, as, as you're looking ahead, No Limits, Nate, and you're <laughs> you're viewing what's uh, in 2022, are there any particular plans? I know you're you're a man who's walking by faith right now, but can you give us any any kind of a glimpse of yeah, what, like, you what you see doing? as you look ahead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the next definitely, year. Definitely walking by faith. And I, so, I say that with... Uh, with a smile, hopeful skepticism. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what am I doing with my life? I have, I've gone fully committed to more of an entrepreneurial mindset. Like God, I, I believe that you've called me to be unique in the ways that I'm going to serve and and go out in the world. I want to be prepared to do that. I couldn't do that attached to a corporate arm. So I've left out in faith. I'm doing more public speaking. I'm training to be a communicator. I've spoken a lot to churches and schools in the past year. 2021, God really began aligning me with the right kind of people that carried more of the vision to impact others. Whereas the past environments I was in, I saw people with a heart for God, but didn't feel called to do things in the eclectic way that we live our lives. So God aligned me with a lot of people. And in 2022, I sense him calling me to be in partnership with, with certain people to, to remember, even as a book I'm reading right now, it's who, not how, to accomplish the goals and the dreams and the things that God puts before us and stirs our heart to. Like you mentioned in the beginning of this interview, God placed some things in my heart. And, and at first, through the critical lens of, of the church I was raised in, it was like, you can't do anything that you want to do. That's, that's an evil intent. You should just go be a missionary overseas. And I realized God wires us to have individual passions. Now we have to give our hearts and our desire to him and let it yeah. and renew us. But when we submit that, 
he'll bring more of that out. And so I begin saying, yes, God, I'm going to pursue it. And so I'm in this path of 2022, like partnering with the right people. And, and I believe between the mission trips and the adventures and, and maybe another TV show and ministry opportunities and speaking and book writing and all these components that get me excited. I believe God's going to guide me and protect me and put me in the right places and the right environments. And, and I'm just going to be f- faithful to say yes, whatever it is. I love yes. that, Nate. You yeah. are a yes man. And that's what God's looking for is are, are his people to say, yes, take me wherever, just show me the way. And you are an, you're an incredible encourager. And we just appreciate um, your tenacity and the way that you show up in life because it's, it is, it's, it's inspiring for those that may be kind of just uh, in that victim, small-minded, limited mm-hmm. place. And, right. and, and they can't seem to bust through that ceiling. You're, you're saying, yeah, you can, mm. if I can, you can. And so thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, and I was going to say, if you want to continue to be inspired and follow Nate's journey, because yes. I do, uh, you're all over social Instagram. media and we're going to put those, uh, those links we'll in the show notes there. as well. Yes. But yeah, yeah. It'd be great to just stay caught up with you. Yes. And I think we can, uh, we can do that if uh, we'll follow you on social media. Yeah, no so, yeah. limits, Nate. Yeah, I'd love to invite you in. We'll both be surprised together at what I get into next. I yes, love we it. will. I love I'm it. trusting God for that clearly. Yes, indeed. Well, you're amazing. Thank you <laughs> yes, so you much are. for being on Your Biggest Breakthrough. Uh, we just we just love being uh, your friend, and we just love seeing you grow and, and hearing your life story. And, and you're just an overcomer. So thank you. Thanks for letting that light yeah. shine, Nate. Yeah. Blessings on you, man. Illuminate. All right. All right. Blessings, blessings, y'all. Thank you. Take All right. care. Adios, y'all. Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. What a fun show. You know, I could <laughs> I, I could listen to him for another hour because he's got lots, he's got lots and of lots stories. of stories. Yes. And there's that common theme that uh, we find in, in those breakthroughs that he experienced. And that is that there was always adversity before there was breakthrough. Yeah. Notice that? Uh-huh. And what I loved is that he, in the moment of adversity, starts to recognize it as something that God can use to activate exactly new decisions and commitments and totally different mindset. Yeah. You know, really most is. people are deactivated yeah, when they're when they're in yeah. some adverse situation, yeah. but he saw it as an activator. I love that. No limits, he said, if you're not seeking uh, the credit for yourself. And that's, that's where right. we want to leave it with you. What, yeah. what has God called you to do? And where do you think you're limiting him or limiting yourself? Because if you're looking to make him known and to follow through and fulfill his purpose for you, you won't be seeking the credit. You'll that's be right. seeking his credit and the limits will start busting off. They sure will. Gosh. Well, we uh, want you to have your biggest breakthrough and we don't want you to be stuck under any kind of limitation because God does not have limits on you because he is is a limitless God. So we thank you so much for tuning into your biggest breakthrough as always. Share, share this episode with your friends, your family, inspire them, encourage them uh, with your biggest breakthrough. And, um, and if you feel inclined to support your biggest breakthrough, you can go to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com and we have Patreon and PayPal and that kind of thing. If you're into that, we'd love your support. Um, But other than that, we are just so grateful and delighted to share this intimate time with you. So we'll catch you next time on uh, your biggest breakthrough. So glad you could join us today and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah. And also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com.
Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.